The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Hello, Denise, and welcome to the Ask Theory podcast. Hi, Michael. I'm very excited to be here. And I'm very excited to talk to you because today, napaka-relevant and timely ng topic na. Actually, tungkol to sa balita in recent years. And I'm sure na yung mga nakikinig sa atin ay familiar dito. Pero before we get into that, let's give our listeners an opportunity to know a little more about you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your work, and... How you fell in love with science. Okay, so to our listeners, hello, I'm Denise. I'm born and raised in Sorsogon City, proud Bicolana here. So <laughs> I'm a geologist working as a researcher in the Marine Science Institute, but at the same time, I'm also currently enrolled as a master's student. In general, my job requires me to go to the field, mag-attend ng research cruises, bali sasakay kami niya ng barko for how many weeks. But I think 70% of my time, I sit in the lab in front of my computer and research. And bali writing process talaga yung nags ko as a researcher. So how I got into the sciences, perhaps it started as early as my elementary years. Laking public high school kasi ako. So if you're familiar, mayroong mga summer camps by DepEd or endorsed by DepEd yung YESO, yung YESO summer camps. So, even in high school, nag-continue yun. So, kumbaga, nag-start siya as a mere exposure effect. Parang familiarity breeds attraction. Parang ganun. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's what pushed me to choose a science major in college. But, if it's falling in love, definitely, when I experienced scuba diving, bagol, summer before mag-college, and, you know, that was a different kind of high for me. What did you love about scuba diving? Well, it's liberating. Kasi uh-huh. once you're in the water, para kang nalang lumilipad. Kasi gravity <laughs> works differently there. Kasi buoyancy yung yeah. magdidictate eh, ng position mo within yung biodiversity, yung life sa dagat. Ang ganda, ang ganda niya. <laughs> and, you know, for, for some reason, hindi ako natakot. Nung first time kung mag-scuba diving sa dag talaga. And after that... We don't, we don't often think about this. Perhaps we share this planet with so many wonderful forms of life na hindi natin nakikita sana. It must have been thrilling to just see them swimming past you or yung nagsiswim mga coral or, or stuff like that. It must have been quite an experience. Yes, definitely. Parang ako na outsider yung nag-visit ng world nila rather than the usual zoo experience na... Yeah kinulong sila and then for display for everybody's entertainment ganon oh ito yung talagang free mo silang na observe in their environment and i also love that you mentioned yung going to yung mga science camp mm. kasi if if there are any parents out there who are listening to the podcast i think this yung story ni Denise is a good example of why you should encourage or even let your your kids go to these science camps 
kapag they're interested or if there's an opportunity for them to go. Kasi ito, even at an early age, it can really help nurture yung love and appreciation nila for science. So if, if your kids show that interest in science, I think we should really nurture that. We should encourage them to to be more participative. Yan. Yes, I agree. Mahalaga yung exposure para ma-acquaint yung bata to science. Yes. Kung kukunin mo yung lahat nung gusto mong ma-achieve as a scientist or the driving force behind why you're a scientist and you could condense it into a single mission statement or mission sentence, ano yun and bakit? Well, I want to be the kind of scientist who does relevant research that directly benefits the society. And hopefully, while doing so, ma-inspire ko rin yung mas younger generation to pursue science. Ako kasi ay mahalaga sa akin na nakikita ko na mahalaga yung ginagawa ko, na may, na may sense siya, may purpose siya, para ko siya pagtuunan ng pansin, para ko siya mahalin, para ko siya to, de- to dedicate my time talaga. <laughs> so ayun, gusto ko lang makita na that my work reaches people. Ayun. I can relate to that because I feel, and I think everyone who tries to create output or or tries to create things, tries to research things, study things, nag-generate ng, ng output, gusto rin ma-sense ma- or maramdaman na merong relevance yung ginagawa nila. Ako as a writer, I take pride in my work and I I, I just want more people to be able to read and appreciate the, the things I do, whether it's about whether it's a article an article about science or an episode of this podcast talagang nararamdaman ko yung ownership and sabi natin sense of pride that comes with creating something or working on something and sharing it with the world and i'm sure that that's how you feel as well as a scientist yes kasi for people like us yung ginagawa natin it's not just merely a job it's our life's work yes But parang even after we leave or when we get older and mag-retire, kung yeah. ano man yung nakontribute natin, that's that's ours. Uh, kung anong makokontribute na iiwan natin sa mundong to, kumbaga, medyo, <laughs> medyo corny. Hindi, ano yan, I, 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 I love that sentiment kasi that's that's part of what fuels me to work every day. Pero speaking of yung research projects mo, what are your current research projects? This year, I was involved in in two projects. And context lang, being a part of the Geological Oceanography Lab sa MSI, my task is to work on the geology component ng mga projects na nai-involve ako. So for my first one this year, ay sa Pag-asa Island, West Philippine Sea, I did a sea, sea level research there. It's a month-long cruise. And for everybody's knowledge na lang, In terms of jurisdiction, ang Pag-asa Island ay under ng Kalayaan Municipality ng Palawan. Kaya siya tinatawag na Kalayaan Group of Islands. So, mm-hmm. ayun. So, yun, yun, yun ang first. The second one, just recently, ay substrate mapping and sub-bottom survey sa Benham Bank. That's May 2022. For context, Benham Bank, it's an extinct underwater volcano sa Benham Rise. So, these two features are different, no? Ang Benham Bank, siya yung shallowest portion 
ng Benham Rice. Yung Benham Bank ay 50 meters lang yung lalim, whereas yung Benham Rice ay 3,000 meters deep. So, yung cruise ay doon lang sa mas maliit na portion, yung bank. Actually, this is also my master's thesis. So, it's kind of like hitting two birds with one stone. <laughs> stone. Uh, I, I'm curious, why is it important to to do sea level research dun sa, isaysay natin, yung sa West Philippine Sea? Bakit, ano ba ang nakukuha natin from sea level research? Yes. Well, first, I think, kailangan ko munang i-mention na yung method na ginamit namin sa sea level research ay geophysical methods. No? So geophysical methods takes advantage of sonar technology. Ginagamit niya yung sound waves. And ang behavior kasi ng sound waves nagbabary depending on the density of the material na natatamaan niya. So para lang ma-imagine ng listeners natin, Andun lang kami sa bangka, yung team namin nasa bangka, meron kaming equipment na gamit na nakalublob ng ilang sentimetro sa tubig. And then, yung nakalublob na equipment, nag-e-emit siya ng sound waves hanggang matamaan niya yung seafloor. So basically, yung nakukuha naming information, una yung lalim ng dagat and pangalawa yung texture yung texture ng seafloor. So, bakit mahalaga na malaman natin to? Kasi sa seafloor, mayroong tinatawag na sea level indicators para silang mga features sila sa seafloor na nagsasabi na noong unang panahon, tens of thousand years ago, nandoon lang yung sea level. So, yung mas mababa yung sea level 10,000 years ago. Ngayon, ano bang pakialam ko sa sea level 10,000 thousands of years ago? Well, dahil ang sea level ay closely linked siya sa tectonic movements. Tectonic movements, ibig sabihin movement ng Earth's crust. So long story short, nalaman namin na yung pag-asa island sa West Philippine Sea is slowly subsiding. Lumulubog siya paunti-unti. So, on top of the ongoing sea level rise dahil sa global warming, idagdag natin yung paglubog ng pag-asa island. Uh-oh. For a small island sa gitna ng dagat, mayroon siyang long-term implications sa living conditions ng community na titira or tumitira ngayon doon. So, kasi sea level rise may implications siya sa coastal erosion, sa pag-degrade ng quality ng groundwater. So, ayun. Kasi yung community doon, sila yung sasalo ng lahat eh. So, mahalaga na ma-inform sila ng ongoing changes sa environment nila. Mapaghandaan. Yes, exactly. Mapaghandaan. Ah, wow. Well, that's not good news. Pero nakakatuwa. Very interesting na you can learn a lot from looking in the right places. Parang na-anticipate natin na maaaring ganito yung mangyari or likely na ganito yung mangyari over time with the current trends because this is how things have been for this long period of time. And it's helping us to to be able to warn the people na ganito yung mangyari, you should start preparing to ganyan. So ang ganda. But you mentioned naman dun sa, sa Benham Bank na you were doing substrate mapping. O, ano naman yung purpose nun? 
Okay, so sa Benham Bank, substrate mapping and sub-bottom survey. Yung substrate mapping, bale, inaalam namin kung ano yung composition ng seafloor. Let's say, may coral reef ba dyan? Mga bato lang ba yan? Or may sand, seagrass? Yun yung substrate mapping. Bale, yung Benham Bank, ang surface na yan ay nasa 52 square kilometers. Parang 6 kilometers by 8 kilometers lang siya na, na feature sa ilalim ng dagat. Kumbaga yan yung summit ng vulkan. And siya ay flat lang. Flat na feature na located on top of an extinct underwater volcano. So anyway, yung sub-bottom survey naman, inaalam namin yung internal architecture ng seafloor. Kung sa West Philippine Sea, yung inalam namin ay yung surface lang, kung ano yung lalim. Ito naman, internal architecture. Kumbaga, inaalam namin kung ano yung itsura ng 1,000, upper 1,000 meters ng crust sa ilalim ng Benham. So we did this kasi we want to know the evolution, the processes that happened there before, or yung current stage ni, ni Benham. And siguro sabihin ko na lang yung, i-share ko na lang yung preliminary results ko, no? Yeah. Nalaman kasi namin na yung Benham Bank is actually in its late stage. And yung coral reefs there is not, I mean, mahalaga yung coral reefs. May, it has huge economic importance. importance. However, we found that the coral reefs are not as extensive as we previously thought. Ayan. I'm curious, what does that mean? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Ano ba yung initial expectations sa extent ng coral reefs? And what does that mean na hindi pala sila ganoon? Okay, well, kasi I think mga 2014 ganyan, parang narinig natin sa news na yung Benham Rice ay kasing isa siyang biodiversity resource yes. na kasing laki ng Luzon. Parang binalita siya and finashion siya that way, yung pagka-communicate sa kanya. But But in reality, it's we're just really a small portion within the bank. Ang may coral reefs. Maliit lang pala siya. Hindi siya ganun ka ka proliferous ganun. Hindi siya ganun ka kalapad na na coral reef ecosystem. No. Maliit lang pala yung areas, patches lang of coral reefs doon. Nevertheless, it's significant kasi fishing site siya ng mga mangingisda natin sa eastern seaboard ng Pilipinas, yung Aurora, Isabela, Quezon provinces, to name a few. Ayan. I see. Okay, so so if I'm understanding it correctly, medyo na-overestimate nung, nung years ago yung extent or yung biodiversity nung area. But kahit ganoon, kahit hindi siya agaya ng expectations, it's still important to protect it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, it's safe to say na because we we hear about these territories in the news, lalo na yung mga nakatira dito sa Metro Manila na medyo sheltered, medyo ang concerns lang ay yung mga trabaho sa araw-araw na buhay, traffic, ganyan. And then narinig natin sa balita yung pinag-aawayan, yung Benham Rise, yung Philippines, West Philippine Sea, ganyan. So, may awareness tayo na importante itong mga bagay na ito, itong mga teritoryong ito sa atin. But we haven't even been there yet. We haven't even, a lot of us, it's safe to say that a lot of us haven't been to those areas yet. 
So, mm-hmm. maybe you can tell us a little bit about, aside from yung mga inaral nyo dun, ano-ano ba yung nakita mo dun na pa, talagang fascinating for you? And bakit ba, and I think this is a question that maybe answers itself, but I would love to hear it from you din. Bakit mm-hmm. nga ba kailangan ating lagyan ng effort, bigyan ng effort and energy yung pagpunta dito at yung pag-aaral tungkol sa kanila? Okay, marami, no? Okay, so, <laughs> for for many reasons, kailangan talaga ng gobyerno mag-invest sa research para alamin our own waters, you know, ang dagat natin. Kasi Pilipino lang din ang dapat na mag-research sa Philippine waters. Our experts in MSI, our professors in MSI often say this, if we don't know what resources we have, we wouldn't know how to protect and preserve them. So, una sa Benham Bank, sabi ko nga, fishing sites siya ng mga mangingisda. And mahalaga na ma-preserve yung resources natin doon kasi nakadepend sila doon eh. Yun ang source of living nila. Pangalawa naman, sa West Philippine Sea, perhaps ito yung mas, mas controversial na site. Mm-hmm. Ako, talking sa personal experience, nung una, akala ko pag-asa island ay dinadaungan lang ng mga mangingisda for a short time para hindi na nila kailangang bumalik pa sa mainland Palawan kung mangingisda sila. So, akala ko, walang permanent community na nakatira doon. Well, turns out, meron palang Filipino community sa Pag-asa Island and yun talaga yung residents nila, like dun sila nakatira. And siguro kakaunti rin talaga yung aware sa fact na ito. Mm-hmm. So, yung mga community doon, they, they depend on the resources of the sea. Sila yung vulnerable sila sa calamities that frequent the region. Pero one way or another, sabi mo rin kanina, kailangan nilang maghanda. They need to, to adapt the consequences of global warming, yung flooding, mga ganon. And, you know, they need to do so in an informed scientific manner. And yung scientific manner na yon, research yung magpo-provide ng answers to that. Kaya kailangan na hindi sila ma-disregard. Kahit kakaunti lang yung tao na nakatira doon, kailangan pa rin pag-investan. From that cruise, the marine biology team actually observed na yung health ng coral reefs sa WPS, sa West Philippine Sea, is already poor. And they believe that it's caused by ano, human activities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's no secret that foreign entities conduct activities there. God yes. knows what they're doing. So, ano, if they're dredging the seafloor or kung nagko-commercial fishing na ba sila doon, we wouldn't know. Hindi natin yun alam, hindi yung pinapalita. Yes, exactly. I mentioned kanina, naglakad, naglalakad kami sa isla. Yun kasi ay sinurpiri namin yung isla for coastal erosion. And while we were walking, kahit yung basura ng ibang bansa ay makikita mo talaga doon. There are plastic bottles na, na nawawash ashore. Makikita mong hindi yun galing sa Pilipinas. Yes, kasi yung characters, eh, Chinese, Taiwanese, Abe? Vietnamese, yung language doon. So, di ba? Tapos sasabihin, ah, inagos lang yan. <laughs> Dinala lang na agos. Uh-uh. Huh? <laughs> so, basura ng ibang bansa andoon sa oh. waters natin. Also, gusto ko rin i-share na nung first time kong makar- makarating doon, 
ang first time ko ay this year lang, nung February. Dumating kasi kami ng gabi. And since gabi kami dumating, hindi pa muna kami nag-dock. Hindi pa muna kami lumapit sa isla. Kasi kailangan namin ng, ng guide. So, the night we arrived, doon lang muna kami sa medyo malayo pa na part. Mm-hmm. And dung lumabas kasi ako ng barko, may nakita akong mahabang linya ng ilaw sa horizon. And since first time ko doon, wala akong, I don't know, I was naive. <laughs> ang naisip ko ay, ay, ang dami palang bahay. Marami palang bahay malapit sa coast, sa Pag-asa Island. Akala ko yung ilaw ay nagagaling sa mga bahay sa isla. And in the morning, dun ko lang nakita na yung ilaw pala, sobrang habang ilaw sa horizon na nakikita ko the night before, ay ilaw pala ng mga Chinese vessels. Yikes. Parang nabigla lang ako na, I mean, yes, I know that may mga Chinese talaga doon, pero I didn't expect them to be so near. Ang labit oh. lang, ang labit nila sa Pag-asa Island. And it was intimidating for me nung nakita ko yon at first. I mean, I was in disbelief. Kasi, as you mentioned, hindi naman araw-araw na pinapakita sa news na andun sila. We know that there were pre- previous instances na may bullying ng mga fishermen, ganyan. Yes. Pero hindi natin alam na araw-araw pala andoon yung Chinese. As in, they're monitoring the place. Parang, I don't know, they're just they're the bullies there. Nung una ko sila nakita, yun lang pakiramdam ko. Andun sila para mang intimidate. It's terrible. Yes, it's so yes, terrible. It's terrible. So, you know what? Aside from yung benefits of doing science sa Pag-asa Island sa West Philippine Sea, we also need to conduct research there for political reasons. Kasi yung advisor ko, he is pressing us to publish the works, our findings sa Pag-asa Island as soon as possible. Kasi it's meaningful, it's, it's a strong statement to publish research conducted in the West Philippine Sea by Filipino scientists under Philippine institutions. Kasi in science literature, yung mga lugar sa West Philippine Sea, all the islands there are being labeled under Chinese names. I mean, hindi nila ginagamit yung, for example, Pag-asa Island, they don't use Pag-asa Island. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't call it Pag-asa Island. So, ano, ano, for me, as a scientist, for me, these are aggressions <laughs> coming from <laughs> yeah. them. Parang ako na-offend. I mean, what are you doing? Sa amin yan. And sana... Nakabastos. Yes, nababastos ako. Dapat tawagin natin siyang West Philippine Sea. Hindi. <laughs> nagiging, yeah, yeah, yeah. nagiging emotional na ako sila. <laughs> I, I totally get you. Nararamdaman ko rin. I feel that lump in my throat habang... Kinukwento mo. And is, you know, someone someone like you na nandun at nakita talaga to. Iba yung dating sa akin, kasi ako parang naririnig ko lang to sa news eh. Parang vaguely aware lang ako na, ah, merong, merong binuli na, na mga isa. Pero yung frequency and yung extent, talagang hindi hindi aware ang karamihan ng Pilipino dito. Yes, yes. So, yun lang na. Parang mahalaga lang na ma, to make it official sa at the international level to make it official na ang mga na pangal- pangalan nito yes oh. na ang mga pangalan na yan ng mga isla na yan ay under Filipino names dapat because it's ours so ayun pero as scientists we can only do so much so kailangan talaga na may intervention kailangan na may malaking intervention din from the government ayun kasi you know it's a bitter reality pero we need to be more present in our own waters kasi 
kung sa optics lang ng situation, mas marami yung foreign entities doon. Okay? So sa Philippine... Sa atin. Yes, sa so, Filipino vessels. Yeah, yun lang. <laughs> And gusto ko lang stress yung urgency nga nito. Kasi it's not that I want to start a conflict, but I'm just stating facts. If we're up against, for lack of a better word, if we're up against, or if, we're, if the competition involves people or countries that can deny the existence of other countries. Yung ganong ka-powerful na mga forces ang pinag-uusapan natin. I, I definitely think we have to step up and take ownership. Not just because, tama yung sinabi mo, na atin to, but because responsibility din natin to protect these resources that are in our territories. So it's a matter of pride and also a matter of responsibility. So I hope, if, if there's anyone here listening who's in a position to to do something about this or maybe you know researchers or scientists who are listening who share the same sentiments i encourage you to to maybe take a more active stance in these very important activities na talagang national identity natin din ang nakasalalay oo tama so listening to you i get the sense that you really are a passionate scientist you are passionate about the line of work that you that you're in and This is something naman na I observe in a lot of the scientists that I've talked to, mm-hmm. which makes me wonder, what are the things that you really, really like about being a marine scientist? Well, when I first entered, I mean, this job, fresh from college, parang natuwa ako kaagad kasi I had the opportunity to work on projects na, ano nga, makabuluhan siya, mahalaga siya for ano, national interest. And it's self-fulfilling. Pero aside from, you know, the, the certain high that you get na, uy, nakapunta ako ng Benham Bank, nakapunta ako ng Pag-asa Island. I mean, these are important sites in sa Philippines. Aside from that, siguro for everyday life, no, yung fieldwork kasi na nasa dagat is really the best part. Siguro lahat naman kasi tayo gustong mag-beach, di ba? Mm. So aside from... The fact, no, that I believe in my science, it's also the experience that seals the deal. Siguro kung ibebenta ko yung marine science na field, I will first talk about yung experience namin sa fieldwork. Kasi kakaiba talaga yung experience na nasa barko lang kayo for several weeks with no sign of land in sight. As in, hindi mo na matatanaw, nasan na ba yung lupa? <laughs> Kasi anywhere you look, yung horizon ay dagat. Gumalaw kayo, dagat pa din. So, ayun, it's liberating, it's fulfilling, sometimes scary, even life-threatening uh-huh. na mapapadasal ka kapag natatakot ka na sa sobrang tataas uh-huh. na ng, ng waves. One time, we experienced a squall so Basco uh-huh. habang nasa Benham. Eh, yung Benham kasi talagang nasa gitna na siya ng dagat. Walang isla doon eh. So, Bahay namin yung maliit na research vessel that we have. MY Panata, that's the name of the research vessel. And madaling araw yun, nahuhulog na lahat ng gamit namin. So from sa kitchen, nahulog na yung rice cooker, yung mga y- <laughs> utensils. And, you know, I mean, nakakatakot. Pero after that, lilipas din yun. And it becomes a fun story to tell. Yeah. Ayun. You know, fieldwork sa dagat, it's physically tiring. Nakakapagod din siya talaga kasi you're under the sun most of the day. But 
you know, at the end of the day, it's really worth it. It's really worth it. Ayun. Pero syempre, with, with all kinds of work naman, meron tayong mga bagay na hindi natin masyadong gusto. What do you think are the parts of the job that you don't enjoy maybe as much? Of course, meron, meron din talaga akong mga hindi favorite. <laughs> Although, I mean, let's start light. Hindi naman deal breaker, no? Pero mga nuances lang ng work kapag andun ka sa gitna ng dagat. Ang yeah. pinakauna yung walang signal. So there's no easy communication sa outside world. We use a sat phone, pero dapat sobrang shortcut lang ng pag-message mo and hindi ka yung may palitan ng messages kasi magastos yun eh. So ayun, cruises can get very long too. Kaya may homesickness, ganyan. Lalo na kapag during transit, papunta or pauwi. Wala, uupo ka lang, kakain, matutulog. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, babiyahe pa rin. So, matagal. And another thing lang siguro na na-overlook ko before, noong first time kong mag-sumakay ng barko para mag-field work, doon ko lang na-realize na, oo nga no, wala pala tayong unlimited supply ng fresh water. So, yung three weeks na the field work namin, kailangan naming i-ration yung gamit ng fresh water. Pang-ligo, pang-hugas oh. ng pinggan. So, oh. matututo ka rin talagang mag- magtipid. And, you know, kung ikaw yung nagsiskincare, wala. <laughs> bawal yung long showers. <laughs> yes, oh. bawal ka magmuni-muni sa shower. And kasi, aside from the fact na kulang yung tubig, Gumagalaw din kasi yung barko, so habang nagsha-shower ka, na, nahihilo-hilo ka na, ganun. <laughs> <laughs> so yun, mga, mga kwentong dagat. Ayan. These are the physical, mga day-to-day challenges ng pagiging marine scientist. And tama kayo na parang habang nandun ka, challenge siya, or mahirap siya, pero it, they become funny stories to tell. Uh-uh. Although... I'm sure na merong mga challenges na hindi masyadong funny kahit after mo silang may experience. <laughs> you know, the, the kinds of challenges that really make it difficult to be a scientist in the Philippines. So, what can you say about that? Yeah, you know, Michael, I don't want my answer to sound like a rant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, siguro, I'll tread very slowly. I'll try as much na i-present lang yung facts, objective facts, no? Kasi... Most science jobs in the Philippines are contractual positions. Since contractual, they lack the tenure track. So government, that means walang benefits, walang leave, no employee-employer relationship. Wala kasi akong experience sa private companies eh. Pero but to those working sa government-funded projects, normalized na delayed yung dating ng salary. Considering that, some science jobs, example, yung marine science na lang. Wala pa rin, wala pa rin kaming hazard pay kahit delikado yung wow. yung trabaho sa dagat. Like, wow. tinatry naman siyang i-push pero nakaka-receive talaga siya ng resistance. So, ayun, parang kailangan pa namin i-prove na delikado magtrabaho sa dagat. So, I'm sure other fields experience the same problem, hindi lang sa marine science, no? On top of no hazard pay, parang wala din kasi kaming per dime, parang mm-hmm. allowance during field works na nare-receive. 
I think meron lang talaga ng dissonance between the country's goal na makaproduce ng maraming scientists, mag-cultivate ng science-based, I mean, you know, ng community dito sa Philippines between, you know, the reality on the ground. Kasi there's not enough options in the job market for scientists talaga. So, it's it's no surprise na may, you know, may kilala ako na mag, nag-shift ng career or, you know, mas gugustuhin pumuntang abroad. Kasi, dito. yes, kasi sa Philippines. It's understandable naman talaga. Kasi at the end of the day, scientists are also human. Behind the passion, behind their love for the country, they also need to make a living, di ba? Yes. Gusto rin nilang magkaroon ng comfortable life. You know, to be fair naman, there are efforts. May may programs na ginagawa yung um, certain government science agencies that aim to attract science practitioners, no? Pero, but they're not enough. And hindi naman lahat ay gustong mag-enter sa academe part ng science. And, you know, not to mention na yung opportunities na to ay mas marami pa rin yung opportunities na Metro Manila-based kaysa sa doon sa probinsya. And ako, for example, I'm from Sorsogon City. Gusto ko sana, since andun yung permanent residence ko, sa Sorsogon City rin ako magtatrabaho as a scientist. But since ang opportunities ay andito sa Metro Manila, I'm forced to, dito, dito tumira away from my family, ganyan. Pero for me kasi it's not right. We are an archipelago and yung mga tao na, na, na mas nakakaalam ng problema ng lugar nila ay yung mga tao na andun din. Hindi yung, yes, yung mga taga doon, hindi yung Metro Manila. Dapat may scientists tayo sa bawat probinsya ng Pilipinas na talagang yeah. equipped with training, knowledge, meron silang access to resources, ganyan. Facilities. Facilities, binabudgetan din sila. So ayun, kasi science-based decisions should start at the local level. Hindi yung, di ba? Yes. Kailangan naman talaga ng scientists doon. So, I mean... I don't mean, I don't mean to discourage our listeners. Lalo na kung may mga high school students dito, you know, na, who are listening. Pero kasi, I think it's dangerous. It can be dangerous to promote something without giving them the full picture. Kasi baka nag-fill out pala sila ng college application forms nila and, you know, they're too nervous to make the right choice. And unfortunately, not everyone can afford making the wrong choice based on their situation. So, yeah. it's important to consider that we have, you know, yung privilege. So, yung privilege natin kakakaiba, nag, nag-iiba-iba din. So, I just want to give my perspective about the state of science here in the Philippines para yung listeners natin informed naman and using that information, they can properly decide for themselves. Ayun. Oo naman. Oo, mm-hmm. kailangan informed decision. Parang, hindi lang naman din, kahit saan namang trabaho, totoo, kahit saan namang trabaho, hindi naman sunshine and rainbows lagi. Pero, yung, particularly, yung path of being a scientist here in the Philippines, marami mga kailangan i-consider. Here on the show, we promote, we actively promote or encourage people who are interested, the, the young listeners who are interested in science to, kung talagang gusto nila yung maging scientist balang araw ay ituloy nila pero hindi natin hindi tayo pwedeng maging bulag sa realidad 
na hindi madali yung daan at maraming problemang kailangang ayusin. Dahil baka mamaya mag-expect sila na pag, ah, pag naging scientist ako, lahat ng mga kagamitang kailangan ko, na, lahat ng mga kailangan kong gawin, sobrang kayang-kaya ko yan, gagawin ko lang yan sa ano. Tapos biglang pagbagsak ng realidad sa kanila, maaaring yung iba ma-discourage pa tapos hindi na tumuloy. Yes. Yeah. Kailangan ma-manage yung expectations. Kasi minsan may mga content din kasi na pang-encourage lang, pero, and you know, I mean, Uh-oh. it's good we encourage young people to do science, to pursue science, pero dapat they're also aware of the other side. Yung, yes. Yeah. Uh-oh. We have to temper their expectations then. Uh-oh. Yes. Pero, ayun, I don't mean to discourage kasi there's a lot of good reasons to do science here in the Philippines pa din. Despite all that, marami pa rin science practitioners who, who stay in science, who do science. Kasi may nakikita silang rason kung bakit sila nag, nag-stay dito. And it's a worthwhile pursuit na despite everything, doing science in the Philippines is still important na it's worth a try. Naniniwala kasi ako that scientists inherently have a sense of purpose. Parang people mm. who want to change the world in their own yeah. ways. Parang to a certain extent, my selflessness, no? And in order to achieve that, mahalagang meron kang pinaghuhugutan. It's not about being a scientist lang eh, pero being able to solve a problem that you've dedicated yourself to. Ayun, so, at ang daming problema sa Pilipinas, no? There are a lot of problems that we want to solve. So, it's it's good to start here. It's self-fulfilling to know na you've been part of something meaningful sa society, sa community na kinabibilangan natin. And, you know, kapag scientist ka, kumbaga may, may assurance na makabuluhan yung ginagawa mo. And sa marine science lang, I mean, despite the realities sa kakulangan sa maraming bagay, the future of marine science in the Philippines is is bright. There's a lot of hope thanks to our experts, our professors here in MSI. Meron ng mga bagong barko, bagong research vessels na darating sa Pilipinas and ang purpose lang talaga nila ay to conduct offshore research activities. Ayun. So, it's not all gloomy. Hindi naman talaga <laughs> talagang hopeless or bleak. Uh-oh. Hindi naman na hopeless talaga yung state ng marine science. Marami pa. Marami pa tayong gagawin. And more than 7,000 islands yung Pilipinas. Lilibutin pa yon in the coming years, decades. So, ayun. I just want to make that clear. Kasi, you know, be, to be here sa podcast, gusto ko rin na mang-entice ng younger generation, ng listeners natin na you should consider marine science kung interested ka. Kasi marine science is very diverse. May geology, may, may chemistry, biology, ecology, napakadami and ang dami pang kailangan gawin ayun there's room for everyone and I think listening to your story makukuha nila or maiintindihan nila na being a scientist is not just about being a scientist whether you're you want to contribute to the, the global pool of knowledge 
or you want to defend our national identity, or you simply just want to do something that you know in your heart is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Being a scientist in the Philippines is a worthwhile pursuit despite all of the obstacles that you may face. And I think yung work na ginagawa mo and your team is proof of that. I'm sure na maraming mga nakikinig na gustong magtanong or maybe curious sila uh, to get more details about what you do or hear some more interesting stories about you or maybe even ask for some advice kung paano ba sumunod sa yung mga yapak, so to speak. So ano na yung, ano na yung best ways para ma- makontakt ka? Well, I don't mind getting messages sa social media accounts ko. So I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whichever really. For me, mas madali rin kasing sumagot <laughs> sa, sa social media kaysa yeah. sa email. So and then, yeah, you can find me on these platforms. Just Denise Haner. It's, yun lang yung pangalan ko sa lahat. Or kung gusto nyo pa rin ng email, pwede naman sa email address ko. So, dshaner at msi.upd.edu.ph. There. Yun po. Alright. So, send her a message or, or an email if you have any questions or kung gusto nyo ng life advice. Pero, ngayon palang hihingyan na natin siya ng advice. Ano ang advice mo para sa mga magiging scientist dito sa Pilipinas balang araw or sa mga scientist na early career at gustong makarinig ng words of wisdom from someone who's who's been in the field for some time or who's been working on these projects for some time. Okay. If you aspire to be a scientist, kailangan natin ng parang compass. Something that will direct us wherever we want to go. In other words, we need a purpose, no? And if we need a purpose, don't ask what you want to become, but ask what problem you want to solve. And once you decide what it is that you're going to pursue, kailangan pagtrabahuan talaga. And, you know, embrace the scientific method kasi it's ups and downs, 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 maraming downs. Pero, you know, once you embrace the process, you will realize that the downs, they're also discoveries. Hindi siya madali. Marami kang kailangang i-overcome kahit yung self-doubt. I-question mo, nasa tama pa ba akong landas? Parang, I'm stuck. I'm not... Tama pa ba to? Oo. <laughs> you will question your yourself several times. Pero, always go back to your purpose, to your why. And, Kapag nalagpasan mo yun, I think it's going to be worth it. Hindi, ako, I still struggle, no? Pero, I focus on the things na I can do. But parang, I, I motivate myself. And by reminding myself na marami pang pwedeng gawin na yung feeling of being stuck, it's, andito ka lang, feel mo lang yan kasi you're there at the moment. Pero it doesn't mean that you'll, you will be stuck forever. Parang ganun. Ganda. So, baunin natin yung words of wisdom na yan, yung napakagandang advice sa ating journey. Especially for the people who want to become scientists someday. So, this was a very grabe, enlightening and medyo heart-wrenching din na episode. <laughs> Siyempre, nandiyan yung marami akong natutunan from listening to you, maraming realizations. I'm sure yung mga nakikinig ganun din. And 
I love how na-emphasize na inga, yung being a scientist isn't just about research. And siguro more importantly, matters of national interest do involve science to a massive extent. So I, w- I want to thank you for the work that you and your team do and also for being here on the podcast, for being so generous to share your time and experiences with us. Sana in the future, you'd be open to being on the podcast again. Kwento ka pa about your experiences and maybe I think you'll be able to guide more people towards maybe the scientific path. So thank you for being here. Actually, I want to thank you, Michael, for giving me this platform. Actually, nung pagka dating ko pa lang ng from Pag-asa Island, sabi ko, more people need to know this. Kailangan malaman to ng mas marami pang tao. Kaya pinalipas ko muna yung another cruise and then I reached out, sabi ko, I need to be in the podcast, I need to tell the story. Ayun. So thank you, thank you then for providing this platform. Oh, nako, syempre. Yan naman ang goal namin dito sa Ask Theory na mabigyan ng spotlight yung mga scientists. Kasi napag-usapan nga natin kanina before this call na yung science communication is very important. And nilang dapat i-keep nung scientists yung research data to themselves. And syempre, I know a lot of scientists are eager to share their work to the public as evidenced by the fact that this this podcast has been running for 90 plus episodes na. Wow, so, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Ako nga, nagugulat nga ako pag iniisip ko, 90 episodes na? Eh, medyo, medyo introverted pa naman ako, medyo mahihayin ako. I don't really approach or talk to people. So parang, I've been able to do this for, for so long, for so many yeah. episodes. But that's but that's because there are so many Filipino scientists who are so generous with their time and energy na willing na willing makipag-usap dito. And I'm I'm glad that you're one of them. So again, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, take care, stay safe, and keep in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at Flip Science PH on Twitter, and at Flip Facts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Historiang Scientifico and Science Scramble. Stay curious.